Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. We're into hour number two. Steve, artist of the day, Rihanna. Bigger, bigger thrill for Rihanna. Super Bowl halftime show, <laughs> artist of the day. On I think Orange it's Nation. close. I think Super Bowl, but it's close. It's her birthday, I believe. Not quite sure, but I think it's her birthday. All right, let's uh, go to our guest line. Uh, bring on our final guest today, uh, uh, the the legendary Wes Durham, joining us here on the show. Wes, how are you? I'm Steve. I'm great. Sorry, you're having to sidecar that today with <laughs> yeah. Rihanna birthday. You're going to tell me about the rental house in Arizona too, Paulie, while you're going through your entertainment news. I, uh, the artist of the day is the biggest thing in uh, sports radio right now. It's been his, be- his be- okay. best and biggest contribution to this show. There you go. How you guys doing? Uh, we're doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a fast season, hasn't it? Just it all it really has. Like yeah. Last 10 days, here we go, or whatever. Yeah, four games left uh, for the Orange. And, uh, you know, you had an opportunity to to call, I would say, their their best win, uh, which was uh, yeah. beating NC State, and then they turn right around and, and lose by 22 to Duke. We'll, we'll get into the Duke game in a, in a moment. But, you know, at the time, you saw right. them, they'd won three in a row. That You know, they... they, they they started to show signs of momentum and, and that they were moving in the right direction. What stood out to you from that particular game uh, that, that Syracuse played with the win over NC State? Well, remember, I'd had them at Virginia Tech, so I kind of saw both ends of the spectrum, right? right. Um, I, you know, what I saw the other night was a team that I thought played a lot faster, number one, than the team in Blacksburg did on that Saturday. And I think it's a team that's, that's got a pretty good growth point. I mean, I really love where Jesse Edwards, in fact, we're going to preview him Wednesday night with P.J. Hall in the, uh, in the ball game I've got at Clemson because I think those two guys in particular kind of personify how those teams ultimately go, right? Um, and I think that Jesse was terrific against NC State uh, in a lot of different ways. Obviously had a double-double, but he also, I thought, did a really – serviceable job defensively against D.J. Burns, and probably that's a matchup that a lot of people would think, you know, from a surface standpoint, might not be to his favor. But I thought he did the things that he's strongest at in order to not only get Burns, but DeWana and some other guys in foul trouble, too. So all that being said, collectively, I kind of like where Syracuse went in the, what, two weeks between visits, I guess. Um, Saturday did not surprise me, though, because I, mean, I had Duke four straight games, Stephen Pauley, in the month of January. I saw him lose by 24 at NC State. I saw him win at Boston College. I saw him beat Pitt at home. And then I saw him lose at Clemson. Consecutive games, right? But yet I saw the maturation and kind of the layering, if you will, of what John Shire wants to do with that program. So they are playing, to their to their credit, their best basketball of the season right now. I mean, I thought when Proctor hit a pull-up three to start the ball game, he would have never done that a month ago. That He would have, he would have hesitated to take the shot more than likely not made it, and if he missed it, it would have crushed him for about the next six minutes. But it kind of shows you how Duke has grown, and in some ways I think John's done just a tremendous job in his first year there as well. So that loss was damaging, uh, no doubt, for Syracuse. Um, you know, and, and again, they had won three in a row, and there was some talk around here about, well, if sure. they go on a run, maybe they can get back to the bubble conversation. And, and there's been some disagreement on this show about whether or not there is a path to an at-large bid for them outside of just winning the ACC tournament and getting the automatic bid to the NCAAs. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you see a path 
for for this team. If they're able to win out, they've got Clemson and Pitt on the road, they've got Georgia Tech at home, and then Wake Forest at home to, to close things out. Do, do you think there's a path if they can get hot here? I don't. I don't, Steve. I don't. And, and the reason being is because, you know, right or wrong, I think there's a lot being said about the ACC that in some cases is probably accurate. In other cases, is just factually ridiculous. But I think the league is, is taking a public flogging a little bit here. Um, I mean, Joe Lenardi yesterday spent six minutes basically scratching his name off Christmas cards list around the ACC um, during the State Carolina game. I think Syracuse is a lot like every ACC team. I think they've got to figure out what the methodology is to this net if we're going to continue with this. And I'll tell you this, I'd hate to be Dan Gavitt walking in the basketball coach's room in May at the spring meetings. Because whatever the NCAA is doing with the software on the on the evaluation tool that everybody talks about, it's not helping this league. And that's what I've drawn to a closer and closer decision on in the last three or four weeks. Dan Bonner and I have spent, I mean, Paulie probably heard Matt and Coach Sattler and I talking about this. I mean, I've been trying to figure out the net all season long because once you get into conference play, if your league is not at a certain place, Steve, in November and December, your league is going to have an almost an impossible task of moving out of that shell once conference play starts. And I say that to tell you that all the games that you guys have become accustomed to, that I became accustomed to in the old RPI era, if you will, are not now applicable games. For instance, you can't let me, let me give you examples. Like you guys, I think traditionally have played like Cornell and Colgate and Bryant. Yep. I'm, I'm just giving you non-conference games. I remember, right? Sure. Those those games. If if Cornell, for instance, is two seventy five to three twenty five, let's say Bryant being two sixty five and higher. Um, any and I'm not dismissing the teams. I'm just telling you where their their number may fall. If they're in that neighborhood, then your net number is going to have a hard time moving once you get into uh, ACC play. Because what happens is, and if you do it collectively as a league, you're going to have a hard time playing quad ones. Like, for instance, you know, the other night we had Virginia Tech in Pittsburgh, right? Well, in Blacksburg for Virginia Tech, Pitt was not a quad one game, but Virginia Tech was a quad one chance for Pitt. So we got to get our arms around the ability to play quad one games. And the reason I say that is because it eliminates the conversation once you get into the discussion of the broad stroke nationally. You know, everybody talks about the Big 12. Well, they got two teams that have double-figure quad one wins. Why is that? Because they're half their damn league's a quad one. I mean, most of their league is a quad one home game, let alone a quad one road game. And the ACC, I think, is going to be forced – to re-examine the way they build their non-conference because you're going to have to find a way to have your number all polished up by the time conference play starts because it's just not going to be readily available, I'm afraid. You know, you mentioned a couple teams. That it's going to be interesting for the committee when you get to teams like North Carolina, who's, you know, 48th. It's not going to be hard now, Paulie. You know, they're, it's they're, not going to be hard. They don't have a quad one win. Yeah, they're 48th, though, right? You know, are, are they going to leave them It doesn't them matter. Out? But yeah, they're going to leave them out. I mean, that's what I'm saying. This thing, this thing about the net, if that's the tool the committee's going to use, and look, here's the other thing too: Carolina's AD's on the committee, Bubba Cunningham, and he's got to recuse himself from the room. But they don't have a quad one win, and I think it was 
tweeted out on social media, I guess, this morning, and, and Brendan Marks of the Athletic, who covers Duke and Carolina down here, noted it. There are three ACC schools that don't have a quad one win. Georgia Tech, Louisville, and I think Carolina, or maybe even five. Cause Syracuse I'm not sure Florida. Syracuse, they don't have one, and Florida State, I'm not sure, has one. So go figure where this thing is. It's it's bananas the way this has all happened, to be honest with you. You know, Wake Forest got left off last year because of their strength of schedule. This year, Clemson's got a decent strength of schedule, but they're 81 in the net. Their yeah. losses are horrific, though. They've got, I think the other night was their third quad four loss. They lost <laughs> to South Carolina. They lost to Loyola Chicago, who clearly doesn't have Porter Moser coaching them anymore. And they lost the other night at Louisville. And you have those kind of quad four losses. And then Clemson, they're, they're going to have a chance for a quad one, I think two quad one opportunities at NC State on Saturday and then middle of next week at Virginia. So it's almost they've got to win those and then hope they get the double bye. Well, if they beat NC State in Virginia, they will get the double bye. But how about that? I mean, Steve, Paul, do you ever think you'd see that? A quad one you know, a team that finishes with a double bye not make the NCAA tournament? I mean, wouldn't that be a, uh, you know breaking news somewhere along the way? But the way it sets up now and the way the landscape's being talked about, I think it's going to be difficult for the ACC to get more than five at this juncture in the, in the proceedings. Well, one more thing before we let you go on this, Wes. Uh, Louisville 308, Florida State 228. Notre Dame 194. That that doesn't help either. Nobody saw that coming no. as you're going into the season either. No, and, and here's the other thing, and this is a bigger picture conversation for us down the road. The trend and what I'm calling, and it's not the right term, but it's the best one I got, so forgive me. You know, the Roy Williams, Mike Shashevsky, you know, transition of power, so to speak, at those two schools. Think about the brands from five years ago, the landscape of the game five years ago. And now where we are, right? I mean, it's, it's a different world. And Mike Bray's gone after this year, and you'll see what Notre Dame does. But the, the branding of the ACC is a lot different than it was five years ago. And, and I'm somebody, as you guys know, I've been fortunate to see it most of my life. And it's a concern because I think the league has got to go back and study, okay, if the, if the game plan has changed in terms of being successful – What's that game plan going to look like for us? And I think that's got to be a big concern. Do you think in terms of the scheduling, like with the ACC-SEC challenge starting up next year, do you think they'll try to push that later in the year to give them a little bit of a boost when you know teams have had a chance to play together for two, three months? Like the Syracuse team now is much better than the, you know, the team was back no in November. You know? And Steve, that's a common rhetoric among coaches. They spend, a, I don't know what Coach Beheim has said in your market, but I've had several ACC coaches tell me it takes them 10 to 12 games to kind of figure out what they've got, right? Right. right. And I would like to see the ACC-SEC challenge be something in January or February, but I think my employer has their heart set on, <laughs> you know, that, that week between Thanksgiving and the ACC football championship where the ACC Big Ten Challenge has been the last yeah. few years for sure. Makes sense. All right, we know you got to run. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, Anytime. We... I look forward to coming back, guys. All and right. uh, see you. Paulie, am I going to see you Wednesday? Is that a, uh, no, a drive-by truckers trip? Not making yeah, the trip for that one. I understand. We'll see you in Greensboro then. Take care, All right. guys. All right, Wes. Thank you. Uh, Wes Durham uh, joining us again. He'll be on the call on Wednesday, Syracuse and Clemson. Gracious enough to give us a few minutes of, of his time as, as he's about set to go on the air. It's weird, man. It's weird. It, it really, like, the more we, we look into it, and I, you know, that we, we know that 
there's no perfect solution, right? The RPI was flawed. The net is flawed. But this this point that keeps coming up, and it bears repeating, it's it's a valid point and it's a valid concern that if your conference as a whole doesn't get off to a good start like the ACC did this year, you're in trouble the whole year. It's hard to make up ground. Back to back. Well, I, I understand, but I think this year it's it's magnified because it, because last year I think people chalked it up to maybe it was a fluke, and now it doesn't look like a fluke. Um, they either need to figure out a way to make it work better, or they need to expand. And, and to time? Wes's point, like you look at the the Big Twelve, like he's right. Everybody plays everybody, and it's a good game. It's a big game, and if you lose, it doesn't really hurt you. If you win, it greatly helps you. But isn't that to the ACC? That's an ACC problem, also, right? You don't have the teams you used to, right? But again, your your conference your conference's strength is based on games in November and and Dece- some of December. And if you get off to a slow start collectively, which the ACC did, as you're and you're right, the second year in a row, it makes it so that it's very difficult to make up ground in conference unless you just win a ton of games. I also think there's some argument to be made that the ACC isn't very good. Duke is going to be I mean, good. That that comment was made last year, and then you look at the tournament, and Miami went to the Elite Eight, Duke Carolina went to the right. Final Four, and Carolina played in the national title game. Well, look at it. Like I would, Duke, Virginia, and Miami could be anybody in the country. After that, well, but I'm saying this I was know. the narrative last year. I know, I and know. then they had three but teams in the I Elite w- Eight. I wouldn't be surprised those three teams could do that again this year. Well, nobody was counting on Carolina last year. And I think Miami surprised a lot of people, obviously. Yeah, but like NC State, nah. You don't think so? They could make the Sweet 16. I, who know, I mean, who knows? Who knows? North Carolina is not even going to make it. Pittsburgh? I like NC State a little bit better than I like Pittsburgh. That might be it. Might have five teams. Yeah. I could see three of them doing damage. I mean, you can't see Duke maybe doing damage? That's what I just said. Virginia, okay, Duke, right. and Miami. Okay, I think right. I would I would put money on them making it to the Sweet 16 or deeper. The rest of them, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it is interesting. Um, but it's it's a valid point. It's a valid concern, and, and I think it, it does need to be addressed about if, you know, especially in this day and age with Transfer Portal and you got brand new teams off the beginning of the season, it, it would Duke's be... Duke's going to be fine. I, I think so, too. I do. I think their brand will be fine. And again, they are healthy, and that you know, Jeremy Roach missed a lot of time. I mean, they've had they've had injuries. Everybody's had injuries, but um, they they look pretty darn good on Saturday, and they're they're starting to play good basketball. All right, we'll hit a timeout here. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four is the number if you'd like to check in. Quick timeout here. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. 